up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my co-pilot, Bart Wheeler. Bart, how are you doing on this fine Friday morning? Well, it's a little different, you know. We're usually recording on Thursday night. We decided to change it up a little bit. Um, you know, I got my cup of coffee instead of uh, had a beer when we were doing this on <laughs> Tuesday night, so that's a little different. Um, and you know, you and I both are getting ready to go on vacation here. Uh, probably going to take the next week off from the podcast. So, you know, we appreciate everyone listening. So uh, next week we'll have a little mini hiatus and be right back at it. But it, the stars align, and we both are going to the beach at the same time. Different beaches, but. Looking forward Not to it. Not too far apart, though, really. We're both, we're both uh, you know, doing that mid-Atlantic yeah. kind of beach exploration. I'm doing the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I've never been there before, so oh, man. very excited. I'm going to Duck, North Carolina. Can't wait to check it out. And I, I'll probably be check. You know, it seems like the Outer Banks are a place where there's, like, a lot of different little uh, areas to check out. So I might have to uh, get up and down the uh, coastline a little bit there while I'm out there. Yeah, it is. There's some. There's some fun. I, I pretty much go to the Outer Banks every year. In fact, I'm going down to Kerala uh, Memorial Day weekend, so I'll be right down there. You know, later this month, uh, we always try to go with some friends. And COVID ruined that for a bit, but we're going to be back at it there. So yeah, maybe we, we can text each other. I can give you some maybe places to go. And I know Duck is Duck's pretty nice, like little area. You'll have some like restaurants and little things to go to there too, if you venture out <laughs> well i know i can get some good donuts there because yep. i uh you know i live in the dc area and there's a place duck donuts mm-hmm. uh they have opened a branch up in my neck of the woods in suburban dc in maryland and uh yeah i'm pretty excited <laughs> to uh to try try those donuts <laughs> there's also a little growlers to go place down there so if you have a growler maybe take one with you and you, you, Ooh, can, you can do the good. growler fill right there and have a lot of insider options. tip mm-hmm. from mr wheeler <laughs> <laughs> yep how about you? Where where are you going? Yeah, so Sandbridge, uh, it's just like just south of Virginia Beach. Um, it's really like as the crow flies from Duck, it's like it's probably like 100 miles. But in order to get there, you can't, you know, unless you took a boat, <laughs> there's no road that goes between those areas. But Sandbridge is nice. We we typically go there every year as well. So we typically do like Sandbridge and then do like an Outer Banks trip. So. Yeah. I like that you said how the crow flies from Duck. That was a, <laughs> it's a very... Uh, yeah. Aviary uh, type of a reference there. Or maybe how the seagull flies. <laughs> yeah, I think that would make the most sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it should be fun. But yes, dear listeners, we will be taking a week off. Uh, sorry to disappoint you, but uh, we will not be updating our, our rankings uh, next week and we will not be recording a pod. But we did just update our rankings mm-hmm. this week. Uh, so go to rosrankings.com to check out our latest rest of season rankings. We've got our top 450 up there. Uh, some big moves in the rankings this week, so it's going to be a fun show today talking about movers and shakers. Um, and before that, I just I wanted to talk a little bit about the state of baseball because we're like you know a month over a month into the season, and it's been a weird season. I mean, it's just you know the we talked a little bit on the show in the past about some of the changes that have happened in the game over the last few years, you know, 2019 was like this explosive offensive year. Mm-hmm. Then we had the COVID shortened year, which was hard to like tell anything about. Um, and then last year was kind of the ultimate, like three true outcomes year, home run, strikeout, walk <laughs> kind of a season. Um, and now it's, you know, we've, we've talked a little, the pitching is just dominated so much and um, the strikeouts are still, are still happening. The home runs are not happening as much. And it means that there's just been less offense overall in the game. Um, maybe that part of that's 
the cold weather that's been around in most of the country so far. But it seems like there's something with the ball and there's just um, the humidifiers um, have been installed in every stadium in the league. So maybe that's taking some offense out of the picture, too. But just looking at the numbers, uh, last year there were 13 teams uh, that had scored um, – or I'm sorry, last year there were only four teams that had scored fewer than four runs per game. This year there's 13. <laughs> so that's a that's like a pretty huge difference. Um and then, you know, last year there was only uh, one team um, – or there, I'm sorry, last year there were five teams that had scored over five runs per game, and this year there's only one, uh, the Dodgers right now. So uh, it's th- there's a huge difference in baseball right now, and it, it sort of makes me gravitate towards these few teams that are scoring a lot of runs. Yeah, and, you know, from the gambling perspective, I'll give you that real quick because whenever I look at baseball lines and I'm betting, like, over-unders, it's really weird. I'm seeing a ton of, like – totals of like six and six and a half uh especially when you have good pitcher matchups but you're just used to seeing seven and a half eight and a half um but the you know vegas has adjusted the lines these sports books uh they're seeing it even even games at Coors field i mean you would see like over under 11 and a half 12 and a half and we're just like not seeing that uh, regularly yet so yeah runs are down home runs are down i'd have to i'd have to look and see like you mentioned k's are still up but i feel like even pitcher it's like pitching is doing well, but I, I feel like overall like K rates are down. But I have to I have to look at, at that one. But you're right in general like the pitch, pitching is dominating, and uh, you know going back to that uh, that trade I made Bryce Harper for Corbin Burns I'm still fine with it. But man Bryce Harper it's like he's uh, he's been heating up a little bit lately and getting those hitters that can really be difference makers um, you know might be the way to go. Um, but personally like I'm I'm fine with my decision. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe things will. Maybe things will like kind of even out a little bit. Maybe Major League Baseball will, you know, do something with the ball or do you know do something. I mean, the summer months are, are going to be here and things are going to start heating up. So that that's going to help change things a little bit too. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know. The fun thing about fantasy baseball is that things are changing all the time. I mean, baseball is just a sport that's like constantly in flux. You know, so. Uh, as fantasy managers, you just have to react to that. Uh, it's it's the game within the game is yeah. to figure out how to use these trends to your own advantage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think maybe maybe the top pitchers have a little less value now um, than they did the last few years because of how you know how many pitchers there are that are putting up great numbers right now, and and maybe conversely the top hitters have even more value just because there, there's so many hitters struggling. Yep. So something to keep, keep an eye on. But, yeah. uh, but this was a, also just this last week was exciting in terms of rookie call-ups and, uh, you know, with, with service time, still a, a factor that exists, <laughs> uh, in major league baseball, uh, you do see these rookies often being down for April and then around, you know, early May, we, inevitably see a bunch of call-ups and we've seen a ton of them this year Uh, a lot of exciting names for us to discuss in and a lot of these guys have moved significantly up our uh rest of season rankings some of them may not have even been in the rankings at all uh to begin the year uh so why don't we jump right in and talk about some of these big names who have gotten called up why don't we start uh with alec thomas yeah of the diamondbacks um he's off to a really nice start hitting 385. He's already hit a homer uh, in his first 13 plate appearances, only played four games so far. Um, but this guy, you know, one of the top prospects in the game, 
and he's got a sort of interesting uh, five-category potential. I feel like he had already hit four homers and stole three bases in 24 games down in AAA this season. Uh, he, you know, uh, hit 369 in AAA last year uh, in 34 games, um, and between uh, AA and AAA, hit 18 homers and 13 steals in 106 games. So pretty nice numbers there. Uh, what do you expect to see from Alec Thomas the rest of this season? Well, I'm interested to see, like you mentioned, the stolen bases, to see if, if he does that. Like right now, he's in that lineup hitting at the bottom. Uh, if he keeps hitting, like he, you know, he's off to a hot start, like you mentioned. He just hit the home run, like you said. And if he if he keeps hitting, I can see him moving up that lineup. Like the, the Diamondbacks lineup is not very good. So, uh, you know, much like a Julio Rodriguez, we've been seeing him bat, you know, like third and fourth, I think, lately. Maybe a lot of third. Um, I could see the same thing for Alec Thomas here in a week or two. If he keeps hitting and this sticks, um, you might see him up there batting third or fifth or something. So I think that's a thing to keep an eye on to see if he starts getting more plate appearances. Uh, kind of, pro- I mean, just looking at his numbers, like you just mentioned, I could see him sort of like as like this one of these Andrew Benintendi types, right? Who, you know, has like 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases or something. So um, it is nice to see that he's already hit a home run. Uh, we'll just have to see how, how it continues to play out. Um, I, th- I think, like I said, if he gives you like a Andrew Benintendi type rookie year, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I, I don't expect him to like just, I guess, go off, you know, and be some difference maker. Yeah, comparing him to Andrew Benintendi now sounds a lot worse than it would have <laughs> right. when Andrew Benintendi was his age. Because I had Andrew Benintendi in a keeper league uh, when he first got called up, and I was very excited about his potential but I think he he kind of hit a wall in development where he just he kind of stayed what as that that player you're talking about Uh, right whereas some guys with that skill set it's it's just the beginning for them you know what I mean because these are young guys and usually the power is the last thing that comes uh you know Alec Thomas is not a huge guy 5'11 175 pounds not not a real big kid right now but um you know he's 22 years old, so he he could definitely develop more power as we go along, um, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But yeah, your point about the Diamondbacks lineup is a good one because that's those first couple spots in their lineup just seem very there for the taking. You know, um, I uh, I think I mentioned the same thing when I was talking about um, uh, Josh Rojas, who we will also get to here. Actually, you know what? While we're doing it, we could talk about. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> well. We'll stick with the rookies. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the other Diamondbacks in a, in a minute. Okay. But, you know, I do think there's room there at the top of the lineup uh, for some some uh, in, more interesting players to be hitting in those top spots than have been so far. Uh, yeah. But Alec Thomas should definitely be rostered in all uh, in all ten and twelve team leagues. I think just to see what kind of uh, production he can give. Exactly. And uh, the next two guys on our list, same thing. I mean, this is the time of year to go ahead and get those rookies on your team, see what they do. Uh, there's a couple twins who've been called up. So Royce Lewis and Jose Miranda. I believe Miranda got the call up first, right? And then it was Lewis. And we've yep. got Carlos Correa, who's dealing with an injury. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens when he comes back, right? Because there's not, you know, with Kirilov also now back, there's not room for everybody necessarily. But, you know, like I could see them sending one of these guys back down. Um, but for now, let's you know grab Royce Lewis, former number one, number one overall pick in 2017, I believe. Um, I mean, he's he's a guy who's a five tool player. I'm just looking at his profile. I mean, he's had like in single A ball, he had a year where he had like nine home runs and 22 stolen bases. Um, then he kind of moved up in 2019 and had 10 home runs and 16 stolen bases in just 94 games. So 
he's continued that the the power the la- like the power I guess may not be there. I'm just kind of looking at like the some of the underlying numbers. Uh, I think he's more of a stolen base threat, but he is he does have that potential uh, to be the five tool guy. So you get excited about guys like that. I'm just a little concerned about the playing time. We could see the playing time go down here in a week or so when when Correa comes back. Yeah, I mean things have gotten interesting because. Miguel Sano has had knee surgery, so he's out long term, and that creates an opening at DH, um, and that's why I feel like Miranda might have the clearer path to playing time. Um, but at the same time, Royce, Royce Lewis is the the better prospect and the more exciting, certainly from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. prospect. Um, you know, Miranda's an interesting case because he was not really a highly regarded prospect. Uh, before last season but then he went out and hit 30 home runs with a very high batting average in the minors last season Um, and that that kind of thrust him onto the radar for fantasy purposes Lewis is more the the traditional he's been near the top of prospect lists since day one Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just been a matter of time till he till he got that opportunity you know so um, it's 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 I you know it's kind of hard to say which is the better pickup. I think it depends what kind of a league you're in. I, I, you know, the other thing is Miranda's been struggling so far. He's only hitting 128 um, so far, but he's not striking out uh, at all. Right. I mean, he's a he he has great contact skills. So that 128 batting average is certainly due for a correction. Um, the question is whether he can make enough hard contact to really maximize um, the con the the amount of contact he makes. Um, you know the fact he hit 30 homers last year that that as i said kind of came out of nowhere so we're going to have to see exactly what kind of a player he can be but lewis is you know the one who has the like you said the five category juice um that that really captures your attention so um it, you know in a deeper league where you just need a warm body that's actually going to be there i might actually lean towards miranda just because of the, the path, but then again, the fact he's struggling, I don't know. I mean, they, they could easily move things around and uh, with the DH spot open, you can really keep anyone there, you know? So yep. it's, it, it would certainly be a waste of Lewis to put him at DH, but you know, you could give him some starts there. You could move other guys around. I mean, Luis Arias is not a guy that needs to be in the lineup every day. So <laughs> um, there's ways to move things around there. Um, I, I'm more excited about Lewis uh, as a prospect. And in most leagues, he's the one, that I would want to prioritize. Not that you can get your hands on on him at this point. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would do. I would agree because like uh, Miranda's pretty much a zero. He's going to be a zero at stolen bases. Um, and like you said, he's off to kind of a cold start. So I uh, could see him going down. Maybe they maybe they move Lewis around and try to keep him up there. Um, so yeah, I would. I would prioritize Lewis if you were looking at these two twins. Yeah, yeah, but I would I would try to get them have them both on your roster right now if you can just to see what happens. I mean, it's so unpredictable with all these rookies. Uh, some you know, just when we think guys are going to break out, they struggle, and then guys come out of nowhere and have have great numbers. You know, um, one good example of that I think is another guy we could talk about here, which is uh, Juan Yepes with the Cardinals. Uh, he's not a guy that was a hugely hyped prospect, uh, but he was putting up great numbers in the minors completely mashing and he's carried that right over to St. Louis. I mean, he's off to a terrific start. Uh, he's hitting 400 with two homers in his first eight games in the big leagues, uh, after, uh, hitting nine home runs in just 22 games in triple a. So <laughs> yeah. he's really mashing the ball. I mean, he was 
great last year too, 289 with 28 or 22 home runs in 92 games. So um, he's another one that's not going to steal a lot of bases, but I, I feel like he's, he seems like a better bet to give that the kind of production you'd be hoping for from Miranda right now. It, it looks like uh, Yepes is having a smoother transition to the big leagues. I would agree. I would, I would, I would prioritize Yepes over a Miranda if we're, if we're, you know, ranking all these guys. And uh, the thing that's disappointing me is, you know, I had that preseason Albert Pujols to hit, I think, 20 or 21 home runs this year. <laughs> and that dude's just been coming in pinch hitting lately. And, you know, Yepes is raking. And Pujols, the old guy, is just sort of, you know, pinch hitting here and there. So as long as Yepes is there, you know, my Pujols bet is, it was a long shot anyway, but man, he's just not going to get the at-bats anymore. I moved him way down. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that was a little too sentimental. That bet <laughs> it was. They just they were like they were targeting. They were targeting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's no doubt he could get 20 home runs if he got enough playing time. But there's not really much reason for uh, them to be playing him every day. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so so, so next, then on the oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say next next guy on the list is I think George Kirby. We want to talk about a pitcher um, who just got called up and had a really good start. Um, he was another former first round pick. Uh, great, you know, great draft pedigree. Twenty nineteen draft, twentieth uh, overall pick. So uh, George Kirby, I sh- should say, with the Mariners, you know, hard throwing righty. So uh, again, maybe in a week and a half when we meet again, we'll have to see like what he's done in another start or two, and hopefully he sticks around. You know, he stays up. Uh, looking at the Mariners rotation, I know we've talked about guys like Robbie Ray, who has been like hot and cold, uh, mostly cold, but you know he had an okay start last time. Matt Brash was up, and then I think he got sent back down because he wasn't doing well. So maybe if Kirby sticks, they'll keep him around. So he's a guy that you definitely want to add and get. go ahead and get him in your lineup. Um, I mean, he might have one of those blow-up games or something like we've seen from guys like Hunter Green, um, you know, because rookies are going to struggle. But for now, yeah, he's a good he's a good priority pickup if you're looking at rookie pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I generally think there, there have been some notable rookie pitchers that have struggled so far this year. That's true. But I actually sort of trust rookie pitchers more than rookie hitters to get uh, off to a nice start because that you know when when the hitter and pitcher have never faced each other before mm-hmm. that plays to the pitcher's advantage and uh the stuff definitely translates i mean uh george kirby has a 97 mile per hour fastball and a really effective changeup as well i wrote about him a little in my waiver wire column over at fantasy pros uh the difference i mean Matt Brash certainly crashed and burned. Uh, he's all he's got incredible stuff, but the I I just think Brash lacks the command a little bit. Um, so he needs he has more work to do in the minors, I think, to sort of uh, utilize his his stuff better. Uh, whereas Kirby, I feel like might be more of a finished product. I mean, he has posted low walk rates uh, in the minors, and um, I just yeah, I think he. Uh, you know he's never he he walks like less than two batters per nine innings, which is an, a, a nice number to see. So, uh, pitching in that pitcher friendly park in Seattle is very favorable as well. Um, he's got great stuff. I it wouldn't shy, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if George Kirby is a top thirty pitcher from day one. Like it could he could be Matt Brash, but I think it's just as likely that he's immediately a very valuable fantasy pitcher. So I think he's really a must add player. Yeah, it's a good point you make about like. Pitchers can have that advantage just because no one's seen these, you know, no one's seen this guy. And with the with the rookie call up hitters, it's like okay, they haven't seen any of these pitchers and they might struggle. So, yeah, if he, you know, gets on, he's off to a hot start after one, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Also, he's a little bit older. He's uh he's twenty four, 
So maybe that helps with uh, being a little bit more of a uh, finished product uh, yeah. as a rookie than, than some of these 21, 22-year-olds that are getting the call. Yeah. Um, I think the other one you mentioned, MJ Melendez. I don't think we talked about him last week. I know he's been up for a little while now, but uh, catcher for the Royals. Uh, I know you added him in your your uh, keeper slash dynasty league. I don't. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can never remember if it's like a. I guess it's kind of a keeper league, but it has a dynasty. Yeah, it's feel. a keeper league. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You keep, keep six. Keep a lot so of them. Yeah. He probably won't make my cut to, for keeper, but right uh, in a dynasty league, I'd be very excited to roster him. Um, I, you know. This is a guy that hit 41 home runs in the minors last year, and he's a catcher. <laughs> and he actually hit for a high average, too. He hit like around 290 with 41 home runs last season. I, you know, I don't know what it is. It's funny because Salvador Perez hit 48 home runs for the Royals, and then their, their, their minor league catcher hits 41. So both of their, both of those guys led their respective leagues in home runs, and they're both catchers in the Kansas City organization. It's crazy. But they just crazy. Have they just have <laughs> Melinda's just ready to go. Plug him right in there for Sal Perez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's wild. And, you know, so far um, he has not hit a home run yet in his first. He's, he's been up for a week. He's played seven games. Hasn't homered yet uh, for the Royals, but he uh, is showing really good plate approach. He He's walked as much as he struck out so far, uh, which is good to see. He's hitting 294. And actually, he's making a lot of hard contact, too. So um, the fact that he hasn't homered yet, I don't think that necessarily means that he's, like, changing his approach or anything like that um, because he's in the majors. You know, I think we do see that sometimes with prospects that they um, focus more on making contact than on driving the ball uh, when they first get called up and they don't hit it as hard. And and, uh, that doesn't end up being a, a good thing usually. For, you, you know, you want these rookies to stick with the, the approach that got them there in the first place, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't think we're seeing that at all with Melendez. His average exit velocity so far is 93.8 miles per hour, which is very high. Um, 19.8 degree launch angle. That's that's plenty good to drive the ball over the fence. So uh, I think the home runs could start to come soon with Melendez. And given the state of the catcher position, I mean, this is a pretty exciting player to have rostered, I think. Yep, agreed. It'd be interesting to see. Like, I'm, I'm hoping for you know Rutschman for the O's to get called up, you know, soon as well. Uh, I don't I'm, I have to see like how he's doing health wise, but these are two guys who are you know going to be playing for bad teams. Like the Royals are struggling, and you know the, they both play in not like kind of not hitter friendly parks now that the O's have moved that that wall back in Camden. So interesting to see like what what these guys look like. I'm, I'm hoping we get to see Rutschman, you know, get called up soon too. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be talking about him in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Any other rookies that you want to um, get into? I guess we could talk about some of the guys who have fallen out of favor. Um, yeah, that's the flip side of it, right? Because that's the reality with rookies is that it doesn't always go smoothly. <laughs> uh, and I think one guy we, we do need to talk about is a guy that I was pretty smitten over coming into the season, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, it just it hasn't been going well at all. Uh, he's striking out in one-third of his plate appearances so far, uh, which is helps explain why he's got that 146 batting average, which is a, yeah. an eyesore, uh, to put it mildly. Um, expected batting average is 225, so it's better, but it's not good. <laughs> uh, you, you know, when you strike out as much as he's striking out, you're just you're not going to hit for a decent average. You're going to be a liability there. Um, he's definitely still profiles as like a 30 home run guy in the big leagues. Uh it's just the question is really the batting average, like because he he doesn't steal, so mm-hmm. 
you know, for him to be a real impact player in like a standard 10 and 12 team fantasy league, he needs to hit 280 plus if with 30 homers, you know, because otherwise if he's going to hit 250, 260 with 30 homers, you can find that a lot in yep. Major League Baseball. So I'm not saying he can't be that guy. I mean, he's 22 years old. This is his first taste of the big leagues, but uh, it certainly doesn't look like he is that guy right now. And it, it, so we, we're maybe looking a year or two down the line to see if he can um, hit for a high average. I mean, he didn't honestly, he didn't hit for a high average in the minors last year either. So right. he didn't. Uh, right. So, I, you know, it's more of a projection with him. I mean, he was a great, great hitter in college. Uh, so I think like he looks the part of a guy that can hit for a high average, but he hasn't actually produced at that level in professional baseball yet. So I, I you know, I just traded him in my keeper league. Um, again, it's you only keep six guys, so the bar is pretty high to be kept. And I just made the judgment call that I don't think he's going to put up good enough numbers this year that he would be one of my top six players to keep going into next season. So I decided to pull the plug and deal him for some immediate help. You know, I got JT Real Muto and Jared Walsh, uh, which I feel like is a pretty good return. Uh, I yeah. gave up another one of my favorite guys, Kiber Ruiz, in that deal. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like I wanted the immediate upgrade, and uh, I'm, I'm going in, going all in to win this season. Yeah, and and again, Ruiz, another guy like Torkelson, you're not going to keep him. I mean, it's it's a long season. We could see these guys, you know, go off, especially Torkelson. But I'm in the same, like I'm in in my redraft league. I have Torkelson, and I'm just like on the cusp of dropping him. Uh, he's he's on, he's been on my bench for like the last week, and I might have plugged him in here and there with certain guys being rested or off or games postponed because of weather. But yeah, if you're in a standard 12 team league, you can drop Torkelson. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's, that's the message here for sure. Like there's no need to wait around anymore on someone with that profile. Who's just not really getting it done. I mean, he may be great next year, but and I guess, I suppose he could come around this year as well, but like it's, it's a long season yet. You gotta, you gotta churn the bottom of your, your, your uh, roster. And Torkelson's definitely the bottom of the roster right now. Yeah, and then, you know, also just the fact that he doesn't steal the bases, like for a lot of rookies, like they might struggle when they first come up in terms of hitting, but they can still steal bases. I mean, that's what we've seen with Julio Rodriguez, right? He, yeah. He got off to a rough start swinging the bat, but he stole like eight or nine bases, and now he's starting to maybe heat up a little bit swinging the bat too. So uh, there's just a lot more margin for error with, with prospects that do run. Well, you know, speaking of that, like, Seiya Suzuki's been caught stealing in two of his last five games. He's he's been trying to steal, but he hasn't been successful. And he's also been, you know, pretty pretty rough batting average over his last ten or so games. He was off to a really hot start. Um, you know, just multi hit games, you know, to start the season. But he's he's cooled off a lot. And um, I don't know. He's another guy where I would probably try to keep him around to see because like I when, I was so excited when we saw that hot start from him. And you mentioned an old rookie. I mean, he's twenty seven you know, coming over. So I don't think I would be as quick to drop Suzuki. I think I might leave him on my bench for a week or two and see if he kind of comes around. I, I would be patient with Suzuki. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he hasn't been nearly as bad as Torkelson. I mean, like you said, he got off to a very hot start and now he's cooled down. Uh, but that's kind of the ebbs and flows of a major league season. Uh, yeah. he's We're calling him a rookie, but I mean, <laughs> Suzuki had a long career uh, overseas before he came here. So he's 27 years old. He's not really a rookie. You know, he's he's definitely a more finished product than Spencer Torkelson is. And uh, I, I do think that he's going to uh, produce some pretty decent value. You would like to see him have a little more success on the base paths. 
uh, like you said, I mean, um, getting, he'd been caught on two of his three stolen base attempts so far, and he had a, a chance to maybe get to double-digit steals, but if he keeps getting caught, he might get the red light. So, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure he... I'm not sure he's like a 30 homer guy. He might be more of like a 20 to 25 homer guy uh, with with a decent batting average. But, you know, if a guy can hit like 275 with 23 homers and 10 steals, that looks a lot better than 275 with 23 homers and three steals. You know, (laughs) the steals become kind of a big factor for guys that don't have that massive power or like 300 hitters. Yep. All right. So. Last guy who who's moved down a bit of the rookies is is Bobby Witt Jr. Um, and I'm, you know, another guy like he's a guy I would not drop um, just because again the Royals have been struggling. Bobby Witt is a part of that. Witt Merrifield's a part of that too. We'll talk about him. He's been moving. He's been falling down our rankings as well. The old the Witt and Witt, right? Yep. <laughs> Both tumbling. Hey, that's mine. Oh, you, st- you st- stole it. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Bobby again like this is a guy I think I would be patient on you know he's a he's a potential five tool guy like we just talked about Royce Lewis um I'm trying to look were they no they weren't in the same draft it was it was Rutschman who was the number one pick and then Bobby Witt Jr. was the number two pick so this is a guy you know high draft capital you know just sky's the limit for him off to a cool start but um yeah I wouldn't be rushing to, to drop Witt try to try to be patient on him Oh, for sure. And, you know, he's another he's a guy, like I said, that does offer the stolen bases. So mm-hmm. that helps kind of ease the pain of the, the slow start offensively. Um, and, you know, he's got third base and shortstop eligibility. So that's useful to um, particularly the third base eligibility. So, yeah, I, I mean, you're not you're not dropping Bobby Witt. Uh, there'll be better days ahead for him. I, I think just based on his sprint speed alone. Like there's going to be some improvement to his batting average just based on that, you know, but he's also obviously capable of driving the ball uh, a lot more uh, than he has been so far. Um, You know, right now his, uh, his average exit velocity is very low, uh, but his max exit velocity is extremely high. So he's just not barreling up the ball at all. His barrel rate is 15% is uh, in the 15th percentile right now, which is really low. So he's not, He's not making great contact, but the the ability, like when he does make contact, he's hitting the ball. Uh, he can hit the ball very hard when he makes uh, solid contact and barrels it up. So we know the physical skills are there. The natural ability is there. The minor league track record is there. Uh, he's just, he's, you know, trying to climb that hill of learning to produce in the majors. Yeah, the average is going to come back up. I'm, I'm confident of that. And, you know, like, like we mentioned the stolen bases, he's got five in 28 games. I think he's a buy low. If you can, like, I know you mentioned Bo Bichette, I think, uh, in a Fantasy Pros article last week about buy low. Yeah. And, and I think Bobby Witt Jr. is a buy even lower, right? Because Bichette, you can buy a low, but what, yeah, but what are you going to, like, you're going to have to give up some a lot for Bichette. I think for Bobby Witt Jr., you might be able to, you know, trade like a, I don't know, like an overperforming pitcher, like a Noah Syndergaard, or I don't know, like, just depends on what the team needs, but you might be able to, to finagle your way to, you know, I, I have a guys like uh, I know you mentioned Carlos Carrasco. I have him on a le- you know in one of my leagues. So you might be able to trade a pitcher who's off to a hot start, but you know maybe someone needs. Not everyone needs pitching right now, but go take a look and see who has Bobby Witt Jr. in your league and try to get him. I'd say. Yeah, in a non keeper league, I think that's true. He could be he could be acquirable. Although people still love the rookies, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. 
but once they start struggling, that that love can disappear fast. <laughs> yep. So well, you have to just see if the manager that has him in your league is uh, is fed up with him yet or not. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think that's um, enough but, with the rookies, right? Like, let's get into some of the guys who are moving way up our list. Like, I know, yeah, yeah like Christian Yelich. Hello, <laughs> he I is know. he is on fire. Uh, I, I think I had him just hit for the cycle. Yeah, he hit, he hit for the cycle, and he he hit he got the cycle with a triple in his last at bat. Like, ooh, squeak that out. <laughs> you gotta yeah. love that. But yeah, he's yeah, that's the hardest way to do it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's on fire. Uh, Yelich, I've moved way. I think I probably moved him up a hundred spots. Uh, I would guess you probably did too. Uh, I don't think I had him low enough to move him up a hundred spots, but I, no, maybe I did like sixty or seventy <laughs> spots. <laughs> yeah, I had. I think I had him in like the low, just outside my top hundred going into the season. So not not super low. Um, but now I've got him more in the. Uh, I think I moved him maybe into the fifties or something. Um, I've got him actually in the forties at forty three. So Ooh, yeah. I'm very bullish on Christian Yelich. Um, it really comes down to his back for me. I mean, if it's health more than anything, you know. Um, yeah. Because the numbers that he put up the last couple seasons were not indicative of the player that he is. I mean, he was like the best player in fantasy, essentially, from uh, in 2018 and 2019. So uh, we know what he can do when he's healthy. But the back injury really derailed uh, his career for a couple of years. But he looks to be healthy now. Uh, the Brewers, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, there's only a few teams that are scoring runs. Well, the Brewers are one of them. <laughs> yep. And uh, they play in a great offensive environment, and it's a, a packed lineup, loaded lineup. And uh, so I like, I mean, part of what he's doing is scoring and driving in a lot of runs. You know, he's over 20 uh, RBIs and runs scored. So that is going to boost your fantasy value right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when this guy's going good, he's a, He's a five-category stud, you know what I mean? And he's only hitting 259 right now, but his expected batting average is actually 304, according to StatCast. So he's really hitting the ball hard. I think he got off to a slow start, and now he's, like, coming on strong. So mm -hmm. uh, the buy-low window may have maybe closed on him, but you could try it um, because <laughs> in a few weeks, I think his numbers are going to look even better. Yeah, and you mentioned five-category. Uh, he's got three stolen bases. You love to see that. I'm a little mad at him because he was my – I texted you. He was my Dinger Tuesday guy. And of course, on Tuesday, Hunter Green decided to, you know, be okay, I guess. And <laughs> the uh, Yelich waited until Wednesday to have his huge game with his home run, as did a lot of players for both teams. And that that game was like an eleven to fourteen. <laughs> you know, that's what I was expecting on Tuesday, but it ended up happening Wednesday. But in any event, wow, you don't get that many of those games so far this year. I, I know it's been a it's been a rough year for Dinger Tuesday. I think <laughs> it really has. But what I was going to say real quick on Yelich, I mean. This is a guy, I think, I know I did, I don't know if you did, but I had him kind of in the same uh, category as Co Cody Bellinger coming into the season, right? Another guy mm -hmm. that we saw be just great, and it really fell off, and, you know, I, I, it's just interesting that now it's like, okay, Yelich, you're doing great. I would do the same thing with Cody Bellinger, right? If Bellinger started being on fire and hitting like Yelich, I'd probably move him up the board, too, Um Yeah, yeah although, you know, I had, I did have Yelich and Bellinger similarly ranked, coming into the season I think that, that was that was a common way like I think I heard those two guys mentioned in tandem a lot I right. feel like in in March uh, because they were both guys who have been like the number one player in baseball they've also looked really bad at times they're both outfielders they both have five category potential but to me there's some significant differences between them I mean Bellinger is younger but he didn't really have an injury necessarily to 
completely explain his decline. You know what I mean? Like he, his swing was just broken, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and it seems like he was going through some, like um, some mental challenges in terms of the, the, the approach at the plate and all that too, you know? So like with him, it just seemed like a little bit more like he went off the tracks, you know what I mean? Whereas with Yelich, it was, you could pretty much just say it was the back, you know? Um, So, you know, coming into the season, I was thinking, well, a 30 year old with a bad back, like that, that's probably going to get worse, not better. So I could see the argument for liking Bellinger better. Cause you just feel like, okay, if he just can like figure things out, he's going to go yeah. back to being this MVP candidate, you know? But um, I think what we've seen is that Bellinger's issues are actually a little bit harder to fix. Like, whereas Yelich, it's just like a one, it's just a, a simple thing. If his back is healthy, he's going to be good. If it's not, he's not, you know? Yeah. Um, like I just think with Bellinger, it's a lot more complicated. So um, for that reason, I did have them similarly ranked heading into the season, but I'm definitely a lot higher on Yelich than Bellinger right now. Yeah, me too. I mean, Bellinger's barely batting over two of five. But like I like I was saying, like if it if it did start clicking, if he did start figuring it out, yeah, like the health was not as big of an issue. Um, but yeah, he I mean he's got like five homers, three stolen bases, but. Yeah, Bellinger's someone who's staying down there uh, for now and probably will stay down there. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. see him coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so another guy who's off to a hot start, uh, and this is actually one of the players. I've moved him up a lot, but I did. You know, you, you mentioned that I recommended trying to buy low on Bo Bichette. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, I recognize if you're going to buy lo- like buy low on Bo Bichette, it's still going to be very expensive. And I said that in the article. But one guy I did say you could try to trade for Bo Bichette is Jazz Chisholm because he has been awesome so mm-hmm. far. Uh, and he's only 24 years old. I mean, he's basically giving the, you the numbers that you would expect from Bo Bichette so far. He's hitting 295, six homers, and six deals, 17 runs, 24 RBIs, just five-category production. His strikeout rate is down, which is really good to see because, you know, he struck out a lot in the minors, and then he struck out 30.6% of the time. As a rookie in 2020, mm-hmm. he struck out 28.6% last year. Right now, it's down to 229 So yep. he really looks to be making major improvements. And, you know, you might say, well, why do I move him way up my rankings and then recommend selling him for Bo Bichette? <laughs> and the answer is because I just feel like Bo Bichette is more established. I trust it more with Bo Bichette that he can maintain it. Uh, but I'm not saying I'm don't think that Jazz Chisholm can maintain it. Like his stack cast numbers completely support what he's doing. His expected batting average is virtually identical to his batting average. So um, he's making the contact. He's average exit velocity, 91 miles per hour. He's earning what he's doing so far. And you know he'll continue stealing bases. So there's a lot to like here. It's just, you know, it's just always a risk when you're seeing a player have a breakout, like will they maintain it? Yeah, and I, I mean, I was I was a bit down on Jazz Chisholm coming into the, the season. I, I, I don't know if I had him. I probably had him in my top, you know, 10 second baseman, but he was he was down there for me. And now I'm just looking at our updated rankings over there at rosrankings.com, and he's our number four second baseman behind Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Ozzie Albies. So we've moved him up ahead of Jose Altuve, Javi Baez, who we've moved down, Brandon Lau, Marcus Simeon. So he's, he's moved right up there, you know, just – but I, I agree. I would trade him for a Bo Bichette, you know, and just hope <laughs> hope that Bo Bichette comes back to where you think he is. You're, you're kind of selling high on Chisholm and, and uh, you know, buying low on Bichette. But Chisholm might just, you know, just keep going. I mean, they might both end up being, you know, kind of 
top 10 or 20 players when it's all said and done. It's very possible. Absolutely. I mean, if, if Chisholm just keeps doing what he's doing now for the rest of the season, like he will be a first round yeah. <laughs> caliber fantasy player n- next season. In, yeah. Uh, and we in roto and category leagues at least. Yeah. And we, I mean, we, we saw like, you know, we saw like Cedric Mullins do it. I mean, different position, whatever, but we, we've seen guys, you know, kind of do this and, you know, to be the, 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 have the power and the speed. I mean, that's what you really want and finding guys like that jazz Chisholm. Uh, he would, like you said, he'd be right up there. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's all about strikeouts with him, Yeah, you know, cause that was the reason that I, you mentioned you were a little down on him coming into the season. I think I probably was too. And it was just because I didn't trust that he could make consistent enough contact in the majors, but guess right. what? He's making really <laughs> consistent contact right now. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, at the same time, his, I just looked, his swinging strike rate is actually pretty close to what it was last year it's actually a little higher than it was last year so I don't know if that means that last year's strikeout rate was too high or this year's is too low but that is something to keep an eye on but um I you know these players he's 24 years old they can take a step forward at the plate and you know this is a guy with all the all the tools if he can just make the contact he's uh, he's gonna be a five category stud yep well the next guy on the list is not a young guy Anthony Rizzo who I know we we talked about a couple couple weeks ago because i remember talking about how he just his name just screams yankees right rizzo (laughs) (laughs) arder the izzo (laughs) so but he's you know we mentioned him a couple weeks ago we're i mean we keep moving him up i'm again i'm looking at our updated rankings and we both have him you know as a top 10 first baseman now did you think that we'd be having anthony rizzo as a top 100 player here in may i sure didn't but (laughs) how can you not move him up (laughs) well okay well yeah that's true i mean the weird thing with rizzo though is that like all this hype it, it kind of like got applied to him last year when he when he first moved to the Yankees because that was what everyone was saying was like, man, this is like the perfect perfect environment for oh, yeah. Anthony Rizzo, you know, uh, that short porch in right field mm-hmm. uh, for a left-handed power hitter that pulls the ball a lot. I mean, it just seemed like a match made in heaven. Uh, obviously, hitting in a loaded Yankee lineup is always good for your your run production numbers too. Um, but then it didn't really, it didn't really manifest itself last year. You know, like he came over to the Yankees and he hit, uh, pretty much the same as he was hitting mm-hmm. with the Cubs, you know, like l- low twenties power, 250 batting average, blah, blah, blah. Um, the batting average is still very low. It's a 232 actually, yep. uh, so far this season, but the power, man, nine homers already in 31 games, uh, it just seems like he could he could hit forty home runs for the first time in his career, uh, playing in this environment. Um, so that's that's the reason I feel like we have to move him up. Um, and and I feel like it's also this is the Yankees' approach. You know what I mean? Like they they are they are a team. They are a three true outcomes lineup. I mean, they already are a team built around Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. So that you know they they already had some guys that profile like this and you could see Rizzo maybe taking a page out of their book and having a, a, a Stanton or judge type of a season. Yeah. And, and that you mentioned those guys. I mean, I think Aaron judge is leading the majors right now. He just hit his 11th home run. I think last night and Stanton hit two more. I mean, it really is the Bronx bombers right now. And I, I think we need an investigation to see if they have the humidor over there at Yankee stadium. We need to see what's going on there. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're both, we're both ready to uh, go yeah. after the Yankees. Yeah. The Red Sox <laughs> although, and the Orioles. My, my Red Sox are as bad as your Orioles this year. So <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I don't think either of them are going to be uh, catching the, the Yankees. The bullpen. Gosh, the Red Sox bullpen is just a mess. 
I mean, don't even don't even get me started. <laughs> we we thought about putting Matt Barnes on our shakers list this week, and yeah. we were like, ah, why even bother? <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Everybody knows. Just put Red Sox bullpen on the shakers; they're all down. <laughs> God, <laughs> all right. I need a shaker to put some salt on my uh, on my uh, margarita to drink. While yeah, I'm thinking about this. Uh, uh, <laughs> you want to talk about some angels? Yeah, man. Well, so the you know I mentioned the Brewers. The Angels are another team that I just feel like you want parts of this offense. They're they're scoring so many runs, and Taylor Ward is one of the big breakout players of this season so far. I mean, he's he's borderline top ten fantasy producer so far this mm-hmm. year, hitting three sixty seven with seven bombs, twenty one runs, seventeen RBIs in only twenty three games. I mean, really big numbers. Um. And, and, you know, we talked about him, I think, a few weeks ago as like a waiver wire ad, uh, but mm-hmm. you're not finding him on any waiver wires anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, now it's just a question of just how good can he be? I mean, he did have some very nice numbers in the minors in, in 2019, 306 average, 27 homers, 11 steals. Uh, it doesn't necessarily look like he's going to be a, a huge steal contributor this year, but uh, he's actually been caught twice, so... Um, maybe he, maybe, maybe that means he'll get the red light or maybe it just means he'll start to convert more of his attempts. And then he does start to contribute more in the steals. I would still expect five to 10 steals from him. Uh, the, and then the power, I mean, he's, he's off to a great start there. Maybe he does have that 25 to 30 Homer power potential. The, the batting average will certainly, uh, come back down to earth. There's no doubting that, but, um, I, I just think being in this loaded offense and being able to chip in across the board, uh, you know his expected average is 308, so still really good. Um, I just I, I I would love to have him in my lineup right now. Yeah, and he even came in and pinch hit and had a home run the other night. Like he's just he's just doing it. Doesn't even matter when or where he's in the lineup. I know a couple weeks ago when we did mention him, like you said, we were talking about Joe Adele. I think in the same breath too, and he ended up getting sent down. We kind of need to see how that would all shake out. Kind of like we just got done talking about the Twins, right? Like. I think Miranda or Lewis might get sent down uh, like Adele was. Um, it's looking like it could be Miranda if we're seeing. But anyway, just got to keep an eye on those situations. Uh, Brandon Marsh has also been getting some really good playing time there for the Angels. I mean, they're, they're just an exciting team right now. They're winning some games. They're having some walk-offs. Uh, uh, Shohei hit his first grand slam of his career the other night, like which was really surprising. But, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Marsh is another guy. He's He is a guy who you could still get. I mean, he's rostered in 46% of Yahoo leagues. So Taylor Ward's at 90%. You're not getting him. But Brandon Marsh, four home runs, 19 RBIs. He has three stolen bases as well. So he's kind of, you know, on a little bit lower tier than a, than a Taylor Ward. But if he's sitting out there and you're, you need an outfielder, uh, even in a three-outfielder league, I think you can consider Marsh. If you're in a five-outfielder league, he's probably not on the waiver wire. But maybe just run and check and see if he is because Marsh is, is looking good. And I don't see Adele coming back anytime soon unless there's like a Mike Trout injury or something, which is – Likely to happen based on what we've seen, but he's yeah, Dell right is now. crushing it in the minors again. So is he's he? gonna he he's got nothing left to prove in the minors. <laughs> you just hope he doesn't settle in as a quad A player. But yeah, uh, that's a that's a topic for another day. As far as Marsh goes, I'm of mixed feelings about him. I, I'm I'm definitely significantly more excited about Taylor Ward than about Brandon Marsh. Um, you know, you look at Marsh's profile and he has never hit for much of any power in the minors before. Um, and yep. then you look at his stack cast numbers and uh, his, uh, you know, he's hitting the ball hard this year, but uh, 
his expected batting average is actually really low, 222. So, um, and he's striking yeah. out a ton. I mean, yeah. he's striking out 33.7% of the time. Uh, he struck out 35% of the time in his uh, Angels uh, stint last year over 70 games. So the strikeouts are a real problem for him right now. And I, I feel like they're, they're going to catch up to him eventually, you know? Um, so between the questions I have about the power and the batting average, like I don't mind picking him up and riding the hot hand. And like I said, it's a great offensive environment and he's only 24. So you never know, like maybe he is going to take a big step forward. He was a highly regarded prospect um, coming through the angel system. Uh, but I think there are some real warning signs with Marsh uh, that you don't have with Ward. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a fair point, and that and that reflects in his roster percentage, right? I mean, so he's he's a guy that you can still get. Um, next guy on the list, if we want to go ahead and I mean, keep talking outfielders, Josh Naylor. He's been mm-hmm. flying up my board. Um, I was just kind of trying to pull him up to see what his roster percentage is, but I'm sure it's it's up a lot in the last week because uh, Josh Naylor. The the big concern with him, I feel like, was has been like the playing time. But he's getting plenty of playing time, and he's. Uh, I'm trying to. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull him up. But <laughs> well, I'm going to take a victory lap on Josh Naylor because I put him in my waiver wire column about three weeks ago. Nice. Uh, so I was early on this one. Uh, this dude looks like the Incredible Hulk. Let's, let's, <laughs> uh, there's been comparisons to to the Incredible Hulk for Josh Naylor. That is what you want when you're a power hitting <laughs> outfielder. You want to look like the Incredible Hulk. Um, you know, I just watched that 30 for 30 documentary on uh, the 1998 home run chase, Maguire and Sosa. Oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, those guys looked like the Incredible Hulk, too. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, so I hope he doesn't look like the Incredible Hulk for the same reason yeah, that they not. do. But uh, I'm not casting any aspersions here. I love Josh Naylor. I think uh, he's just he, what he's doing now is extremely exciting because um, he's hitting for a lot of power. But he's also not striking out. His 13% strikeout rate is really low yep. for a power hitter. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to hit 347, but uh, his expected batting average is 323 right now. Um, that's what happens when you hit the ball hard and you don't strike out. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about Naylor. I, you know, I when I first mentioned him, he was like a deep league guy. I think mm-hmm. now he's he's graduated into like 10 and 12 league uh, 10 and 12 team league consideration yeah he's been batting fifth in that lineup I was just looking up his roster percentage which is around 58 percent in Yahoo so you can still pick him up in a lot of leagues um but it's it's climbing so yeah he had eight RBIs the other night (laughs) so people are going to notice that well that's the thing the Guardians have been another one of these teams that have kind of bucked the trend of the down offense like they're they've been scoring a lot of runs this season I mean early on they were scoring a ton I think it's kind of slowed down a little but um, but this is still a team that has been, you know, creating some interesting names uh, in a in a year where there are a lot of hitters underperforming. So yeah, uh, it's I feel like every week we have new guardians to talk about, and Josh Naylor is definitely the headliner right now. Yep, uh, wanted to mention a catcher. We typically don't talk about catchers too much on here because it's like you know a lot of people are in one catcher leagues, um, but Dalton Varsho is like flying up the board. You know, he's he's a catcher, but he's been playing a lot of outfield. Um, I think he's been catching a little bit too lately, but you know he's got the stolen base potential. He's been hitting well. I mean, hitting home runs. He's, I mean, you know, in a week or two we might be like, oh, we might need to move him above Salvador Perez. I mean, he's getting to that territory for me. I've been moving him up. I think I, I might him. already have him above Salvador Perez. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let me it, see. It's uh, it's not unreasonable to, to do that. I do. I do have him. I have him four spots ahead of Salvador Perez right now. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
I mean, well, and to be fair, I was I was like the low guy on Salvador Perez coming into the season, um, not because I think he's not a good power hitter, but I just didn't think he was going to come close to yeah. replicating what he did last season. And uh, you know, I with Varsho, it's just yeah, the stolen bases are a big factor. I mean, he does already have six homers mm-hmm. uh, this season, which is kind of surprising because um, he doesn't profile as like a huge huge power guy but um I, you know 20 25 homers seems certainly uh in play at this point um and you add in double digit stolen bases as a catcher and that's pretty exciting he's pretty consistent uh Varsho is with his with his launch angle he's right at 18 percent. so um you know he's he's putting the ball in the air uh he he has if he's showing that pop i mean it's, that, that's that's like a bonus at this point i mean if he hits 20 home runs um like 20 or even 25 home runs like that would be that'd be a nice little bonus here we'll see if he keeps it up yeah his strikeout rate is um creeping up a little bit though so that's Mm -hmm. one thing to keep an eye on um it's at 25.6 percent right now that's manageable that's not extremely high but um you know he's hitting 245 and if he's you know hitting a lot of uh fly balls with a lot of strikeouts um the average might be more likely to dip a little than to than to rise well any other movers you want to talk about i know you mentioned josh rojas we've got uh brandon drury uh, a couple of like super utility guys i know rojas has like the big stolen base potential you know he's got really high sprint speed he's i think he started the year on you know injured so he's he's up now um kind of an interesting you know interesting ad talking about the, the diamondbacks here um, yeah, Rojas, I'm significantly more excited about than um, than uh, Drury. Uh, Drury has been around a long time. I kind of feel like you know what you're getting with him. Like he's had some hot stretches in the past. It's not going to last. Yeah. I mean, he can maybe hit 15 home runs over the course of a season if he's getting regular playing time, but he's not he's not going to do a whole lot for you. But Rojas is a guy I was high on coming into the season. Um, you know, just based on what he did last year, it was. 11 homers and nine steals in 139 games with the 264 average. None of that really jumps out, but I feel like there's just a lot of potential for stolen bases. Like he could steal a lot more bases than that. Um, You know, like you said, he, he's got really good sprint speed and um, yeah, I just, it's the same thing we were talking about with other diamondbacks like that. The top of the lineup is wide open for the taking. So like to me, he profiles as a guy, who could definitely hit leadoff or second for this team, you know? Yep, uh, exactly. Because he also has a pretty good walk rate. He's had double-digit walk uh, percentage every year in the minors and majors. So um, that really helps with the on-base percentage. Uh, doesn't strike out all that much. Um, yeah, I just – I like the profile of this guy. I feel like uh, you start uh, as, a, like, a floor at, like, 10 homers, 10 steals, and then you add to that. Like, I feel like the – the steals could be significantly higher than that if he gets going. Yeah, I'll just mention a guy we we talked about like a couple weeks ago, Jorge Mateo, uh, for the Orioles. Like he's been still getting a lot of stolen bases. If you if he if he suddenly gets cold, you know, for instance, which is you know, let's be fa- let's face it, that might be pretty likely. Uh, he has been moving up the order, but uh, I wouldn't. I, I could see like in a week or so, just dropping a guy like a Jorge Mateo if you've been riding him and then you know grab a guy like Rojas um keep an eye on keep an eye on these guys with their with their production and their stolen bases yep uh and then I know we do uh, want to make sure to get to a few shakers but I just one more mover I want to talk about is Alex Kirilov who's another guy that I really love mm-hmm. and he's back from the IL now um I just I, I would pick him up and just see what happens with him because yep. uh he his numbers last year didn't look that amazing but he 
made extremely hard contact uh, last season. So, like, he's one of those players StatCast said could, you know, do much better uh, than what the actual numbers showed. And then he's a, you know, he, he was a very, very highly regarded prospect who produced consistently throughout the minor leagues as well. Just a very uh, polished bat for a 24-year-old. Um, so I would I would definitely pick him up and just see where it goes. Yeah, and he's just 26% rostered. So if you're like me and didn't even realize that he came, I feel like he came back sooner than expected, right? I mean, yep. it's like we got no news and then it's like Kirilov's back. So if you're like me and didn't realize it until he was there, and there's probably a lot of other people in your leagues who may not even realize that he's back. So 26% rostered. I agree. Get him on there. Just put him on your bench for a few days. See how he see how he does. But he's got great potential. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's move to uh, some of the shakers here. Yeah. Guys who have dropped down our rankings uh, in the last week, and we have to start, I think, with some pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Woodruff. I mean, this guy was seen as a top five fantasy starter coming into the season. Right now, he's got a five ninety seven ERA. Uh, I I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I mean, his his peripherals are still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walk rates just come up, which is a problem. Uh, but he's still getting tons of strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, his expected ERA and his xFIP are both in the mid to low threes. Yeah. So, I you know I feel like this is some early variation. He's given up a, a fair number of home runs. His left on base percentage is fifty nine point three percent, which is just ridiculously low. Hmm. Um, I'm not panicking about Brandon Woodruff. I think he's a pretty good buy low. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's a good buy low too. Um, like you said, the expected numbers much lower ERA. Strikeouts are good. So. Yeah, he's a good buy low. I I would like he's moved down our rankings. Some of that's just because you know guys move up. Uh, it's not necessarily all about moving him down. Whereas a guy like Shane Bieber uh, just kind of continues to to fall down. I think he gave up. I have to pull up Shane Bieber. I think he gave up like seven earned runs or something in his last start. I mean, he's someone where the velocity's down. That's we talked about that with you know early season. We were talking about guys like Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill. Uh, McGill got lit up the other day, but. Their velocity was up, you know, to start. So those are things to like pay attention to. Uh, and with Shane Bieber, uh, he's not really looking like the ace that you know we thought he would be like a locked in top ten pitcher. Or I say we, I know I did. I don't know what your thoughts mm-hmm. were coming into the season, but I was pretty excited about Bieber, and now I just keep moving him down. I had a little bit of concern about Bieber coming in the season, but I still had him ranked top ten because it's just yeah. he had this track record of being being so good, you know. But. I mean, guys are scoring up the ball against him, hitting the ball hard, and he's not striking out guys out <laughs> either. No, he's not striking guys out. Like you know, you mentioned the velocity. Um, his fastball sitting at ninety point six miles per hour right now. I mean, he was never like a ninety five, ninety seven kind of a guy anyway. But I mean, he was at ninety two point eight last season. Um, you know, he actually was back in twenty twenty at ninety four. Uh, that was kind of like a high point for him. Um, but now it's it's f- almost four miles per hour lower than that right now, so that's that's concerning. I feel like he yeah. kind of dodged some bullets early in the year and was still getting good results, even though his stuff wasn't as good. And now it's starting to catch up to him. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty concerned about Shane Bieber at this point. Yeah, I don't really see him as a buy low. You know, we just got done saying Woodruff is a buy low. Shane Bieber. I mean, if you can buy really low, if they're, I mean. We're getting. If you're in like a ten-team league, you might have guys who are just totally panicking, panicking on people. You know, like there are guys off to really slow starts, like Tyler McGill. Uh, sorry, not Tyler McGill. Um, Tyler O'Neill, rather. Some, there, you know, there's some hitters. There's some people who are like, "Gosh, should I, should I drop this guy? Should I drop Shane Bieber?" I mean, again, I'm talking like shallow league. So, 
I mean, if someone's really willing to, you know, drop them uh, or, you know, trade them for pennies on the dollar, then okay. But I don't see him really as a buy low candidate because you're not going to, you're not going to get the deal that you want for a Bieber. And I just wouldn't buy him right now anyway. Yeah. I mean, if the person that has him is, um, is smart and looking at all these underlying numbers, they might actually be willing to sell low on him, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you're not going to, most people that have Bieber spend a high draft pick on him and they're just going to like instinctively kind of stubbornly hold on to him, you know? So it's probably not a great buy low target because uh, his numbers are not that likely to uh, improve dramatically based on uh, the underlying numbers and the, the drop in velocity. Another guy I'm just pretty much out on completely <laughs> at this point uh, is uh, Jose Barrios. I mean, he just looks terrible. Uh, he does. And, and like, it, the underlying numbers are actually even worse. I mean, his ERA is 582. His expected ERA is 731. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not striking anybody out. Walking a fair number of guys. Um I just, this is ugly. Yeah, and he hasn't been a guy who's struck out. Like, Bieber's a guy who's had the high K rate in the past, right? Barrios is, I mean, he's never had, like, a 10K per nine. You know, he's his, he's always been kind of in the 8-9 range anyway. So, right now, he's striking out, like, six batters per nine. So, it'd be different, like, with a Bieber or, or you know, a player like that where you're like, okay, well, maybe he can come around. We've seen it. Um, we haven't really seen the strikeouts from Barrios, and now they're just way down. So I'm not even sure they'll regress just looking at, like you said, his his numbers, his XERA and things. Yeah. I mean, he at least doesn't have a velocity drop um, this season, which is good. But yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter when you're just getting crushed. I don't know. <laughs> I, I He just, for some reason, the player that always comes to mind when I think of Barrios is Luis Castillo. Because they both can be great at times, but they can just be not so good at other times. And, and they're not... Their, their upside isn't as high as people think it is. You know, I feel like both of these guys, like people in their mind are imagining an ace and really neither of them have ever been an ace. And certainly Barrios does not look like an ace right now. Yeah. The only other pitcher I see on our list with the shaker is Chris Paddock. The last, the last headline I saw on him said that he might need another Tommy John surgery. I was like, yeah, oh, I cursed gosh. him. I, I, <laughs> I mentioned him in my waiver wire article and he yeah. immediately uh, blew out his arm. So I'm sorry, Chris Paddock. I, I, really did you did you wrong there yeah i i mean he's a guy like i mean with a headline like that i mean we saw when with john means when remember i was texting you about like the next thing we're gonna see is john means is gonna need tommy john surgery i think when you see the writing on the wall like this i wouldn't even stash him in an il spot unless you just have you know a ton of them just go ahead and (laughs) get someone else in there he can't even write on the wall because he's got a bum elbow oh man don't kick a guy while he's down Just don't kick him in the elbow. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, should we move on to some some hitters moving down the rankings? Yeah, well, I think we already kind of mentioned Whit Merrifield a little bit, right? Like, he's down. Uh, he actually just – I think he just hit a home run the other night. Um, so did Trevor Story, who's another guy who's been kind of down. Like, the, hopefully we're starting to see some guys come around. But, like, with Merrifield, you know, you never really – you don't really expect, like, the home runs anyway. It's the stolen bases, um, and then the average, like that's just way down. He's off to a nice cold start, but I don't know. I'm actually, I've actually been considering trading for Whit Merrifield in a league. Um, and, and I'm, I hope I didn't miss my window. I hope he didn't just like start going on a hot streak, but I'm considering, uh, trading some pitching for him. Like a Noah Syndergaard, I mentioned a Chris, uh, Chris, Carlos Carrasco. So I think if I can buy low, um, I might do that on a Whit Merrifield. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I, I do think that, um, 
if he gets on base, he's still going to steal. I mean, he has yeah. four steals, even though he's hitting 162, you know, and he doesn't walk much either. So, like, uh, you know, his on-base percentage is under 200 right now. So he's not getting on – he's not getting a lot of opportunities to steal bases. But, um, you know, his expected batting average is a good 100 points higher, uh, almost 100 points higher yeah. than his batting average. And he's nearly a Which isn't great. Hitter. I mean, it's not a great bat. I mean, you know, he might – only hit 260 or something like that, but yeah. that's fine. I mean, he can still steal a lot of bases with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if you need steals, like I think he's a really good buy low option. Yeah, and like I, I think that I think that batting average is coming back up, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, Jose Abreu is a guy who's also off to a really cold start, and just with all the like we've got, we just talked about Rizzo. We talked about, I, I mean, I think you mentioned Jared Walsh, you know, in the trade you made. I mean, there's a lot of first basemen who are performing and so i've just been kind of gradually cj crone been really hitting well so i've been moving abreu down uh let's see three four five six he's like our seventh no eighth <laughs> first baseman now and he's a guy who mm-hmm. just continuously is is up there year after year but he's 35 years old um this could just be a cold start to the season you know when we were doing our position previews we talked about a lot of guys who were had rough aprils and you know even you know, just cold starts so Obviously, this is just saying, like, don't go and drop a Jose Abreu. I don't think anyone's doing that. But, again, just trying to talk people off the ledge here because, like, it's early and got to be patient. But he's definitely a guy that, you know, you could you could put on your bench for a week while he's not doing much. What do you think? I, I, I'm not even sure I'd bench him. I mean, he's been extremely unlucky. Like, his BABIP is 233. His career BABIP is 322. Hmm. So that explains that low batting average right there. I mean, if you look at his stat cast uh, numbers on Baseball Savant, everything's in red. I mean, he's 98th percentile in average exit velocity. He's hitting the ball as hard as anybody in baseball. 98th percentile in hard hit rate. Like, he's just been extremely unlucky is basically the, the situation with Abreu. And I did move him down quite a bit in my rankings just because, like, you have to – you have to account for like trade value for these players. Like you have to account for um, if there's other guys who also have good underlying numbers and good surface numbers, like obviously you take them over him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so for that reason he moves down, but I, I think he's a fantastic buy low. Like I'm more enthusiastic about buying low on Jose Abreu than I am on Whit Merrifield. Oh, there you go. I mean, I, I think this is, this is, this is the great time to kind of talk about guys moving down, but be, still be by lows like Woodruff, like Abreu. Yeah, Whit Merrifield's a kind of a guy. It's like if you need steals, sure. Uh, I think the batting right. average will come back up. But Abreu, yeah, I just think he, he's kind of more. Yeah, Merrifield's more of a marginal hitter as a hitter. So like yeah. if he's not getting those steals, he basically has no value to you exactly. At all. But Abreu, I mean, obviously he can he could hit thirty five home runs, and then the RBIs could be well over a hundred. We've seen that before. So yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no need to panic on Abreu, but just a, just a guy that's moving down a bit. Um, uh, let's see who else we want to talk about. Justin, well, Turner. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Justin Turner. I, I mean, this has been one of my favorite players to roster in fantasy over the years, and uh, I did trade him a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned that on the show. Yep. Uh, to get Nelson Cruz, um, but it was really because I was getting, I was turning Catal Marte into Jose Altuve. That was the main motivation for me to make the deal. But I saw Cruz and Turner as kind of interchangeable at that time. Um, Cruz has started to heat up. Turner has not. So yep. I'm pretty happy about that swap at this point. In fact, 
the guy who traded for Turner from me dropped him a few days ago. <laughs> oh, man. And nobody has picked him up. So, and this is a, a 12 team league. I mean, it is a keeper league. So it skews a little towards young players. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's It looks pretty bad right now for Justin Turner. Like, he's not showing any signs of life. And he's not, like, unlike Jose Abreu, you can't take solace in the underlying stat cast numbers or anything like that. Like, Justin Turner is just playing badly and there there's no real end in sight for it he's 37 years old so um maybe he heats up as the weather gets warm i mean he's playing on the west coast anyway so it shouldn't really matter that much i mean i know it gets cold and some of those road games they get in the nl west but i i don't know I, it, it just right now it looks like he could be falling off a cliff yeah i mean it's possible i think like you you mentioned abreu has the underlying numbers and you're not worried but you are with turner that's fair. I guess it, talking about a guy like Turner with like Whit Merrifield, like these are guys who are like career 280, 280. It uh, looks like looks like Turner's 288 career hitter. So these guys have long, pretty long track records, even longer in the case of the 37 year old Turner. So um, there's there's definitely some hope in thinking that well he could get back to what he was. I I don't know that like we're seeing the demise of Justin Turner. We certainly could be, but I think there's at least a little sliver of, uh, of hope there. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he had a bounce back. But if you're, like, in a roster crunch situation in a 10 or 12-team <laughs> league, like, I don't have a problem dropping Justin Turner. Like, Yep, agreed. You know, because you're not going to miss out on that much if he does heat up. I mean, he's a good player, but it's not, like, going to ruin your season or anything like that, you know? But he's the kind of player that I would I would put on my watch list. I would kind of fo- track his box scores periodically and just mm-hmm. see if he's starting to show some signs of life because a lot uh, with a guy like Turner too, he's not like a big home run guy. He's not, a, he doesn't really steal bases. So like him getting on a hot streak might fly under the radar for a little while. Cause he's not going to go out and hit three home runs in a game or something, you know, like and get everyone's attention. So it might just be like, if you, if you see he's starting to string together some two for four games with an RBI and a run, that kind of stuff, uh, three or four games in a row, go ahead and pick him up see if it continues. But for now, with the way he looks, I think it's fine to just move on. Yep. Another uh, kind of big name on our list moving down is Javi Baez. So, obviously, he's with a new team this year in Detroit. He uh, he has two home runs, uh, no stolen bases yet. His his K rate's actually down. That's the one thing you kind of worry about Javi Baez, that he's going to strike out a third of the time, which he's done the last couple seasons. But his K rate's down, but he's still only batting two twenty two. Um, so, off to a slow start. Again, just a guy. I mean, I'm not going to panic on on Javi Baez. If you want to try to trade him, depending on what your middle infield looks like or something, I guess I suppose you could, depending on what your needs yeah, you'd are. You'd just but be selling low, though. You would. I know, but I mean, like we've seen, we talked about in the, in, you know, before the season started, we talked about guys who are with different teams, facing different pitchers, and and all that. So I don't know. There's there's certainly room to think that this might continue. That he might continue to struggle. I, yeah, I I would hold on to him. Uh, I might actually even buy low on him. I like Baez as a player. I think for in a standard you know roto categories league, like he's very valuable. Um, the Tigers as a whole, their their offense has just really been struggling. But uh, you know, we had talked about putting him on the Shakers list. I think a couple weeks ago, and you pointed out like he hadn't actually played that much because he, <laughs> right. he spent some time on the IL, you know, so he's got fewer plate appearances than most other players so far. You have, so you have to factor that in when you're looking at his numbers. Like uh, he only has 95 plate appearances so far. So, uh, you know, he missed about 10 games uh, with uh, like, was it a thumb injury? I think so. Yeah. You know, that can affect your swing for a little while too. Uh, 
you know, and he's kind of a streaky player to begin with. So, like, I could see him going on a tear at any point and stealing a bunch of bases, hitting a bunch of home runs, and then you would be you would regret it if you traded him away when, when his value was in the toilet like this. Yeah, well, I sure would like to see him try to steal a base or two, you know? <laughs> well, he's got to get on base. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> yeah. hasn't. He just isn't. I mean, that's the thing with these guys. Like, when they don't get on base, they can't steal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't steal first base, as they say. <laughs> that's right. Well, I wanted to mention another catcher uh, and another White Sox. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, I, I keep moving him down the list. And I remember when we did the catcher preview, which was my first podcast ever, I talked about him as like the guy that I would probably like draft in the middle rounds after I'd missed out on like the Perez because I wasn't drafting him or even like a Dalton Varsho. We talked about, I think, Wilson Contreras and other guys ahead of him. And then I was like, okay, Yasmani Grandal. And now I'm like, okay, Yasmani Grandal <laughs> is on waiver wires in leagues. I mean, literally, people are picking up and other, other players because Grandal's batting 163. You know, he has one home run, six RBIs. He's just not doing much of anything. He's and he's played twenty seven games. I mean, he's he's in there in the lineup. I mean he does he does walk a lot. So if you're in a points league, uh, I suppose like maybe he's still fine because he plays and he walks a lot, but I don't know. In standard formats, like I wouldn't mind if you haven't already, I wouldn't mind dropping Yasmani Grandal. What about what do you think? Uh I would probably hold him just because of the state of catcher. It depends <laughs> who you have, but uh, you mentioned you mentioned the key selling point for him, in my opinion, which is he plays. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, he's been in their lineup. I'm looking right now. Uh, you know, this only goes back uh, one, two, three, five, nine games. He started each of their last nine games, yeah. uh, which you do not see from catchers very often. So That's true. they give him some starts at first base. They give him some starts at DH, keep his bat in the lineup, um, and that's – I, it's a numbers game with catchers. I mean, just the plate appearances, you know, uh, alone. I think right now it's not helping you because he's doing so badly. But I don't. I don't know. I, he's kind of the same player he's always been to me. I he's just off to a slow start. I I uh, and I wasn't a big Grandal fan coming into the year. I mean, I, I was the one who wanted to take younger guys ahead of him, like Keeper Ruiz and Alejandro Kirk, and um, that actually is looking like a smart move right now, I guess. But yeah. Um, uh, not that those guys have been tearing the cover off the ball, but they're at least like hitting for a solid average. And Grandal is kind of tanking your batting average right now. But um, but I don't know. I I think you have to look at what the waiver wire. You know, if you if there's like an MJ Melendez you can pick up, I would happily um, pick him up and, and and start him for a while over Grandal. Um, but in a lot of leagues, you're just not going to have good options at catcher, so I'd probably just stick with him. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I, but he he has moved down our list. I think he's like our seventh, uh, you know, catcher right now. I'm looking at looking at our catcher list, and um, you know, Kiebert Rees is just ahead of him. We've got Travis Darno like right behind him. Uh, Tyler Stevenson's yeah, kind of was up. available. I could see making that switch. I just don't think he's widely available. Right. You might have other guys available like a Sean Murphy. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's. Right, you're right. The, the the catcher position's tough, um, but the main thing is not to sweat it that much because it's yeah. just it's a very the upside's not that high for any of these guys, and the and the downsides, you know, they they're playing less than other positions anyway. So it's it's not it's not a huge factor for your fantasy team. Don't don't uh, sweat it too much. But I'd give him a little more time. Anybody else you um, want to talk about? I know Akil Badu got sent down to the minors, so we we put him down way down. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel uh, is a guy that I was pretty high on coming into the season, and he is off to a pretty rough start. But uh, I don't, I, I, I don't think he's. I think he's going to bounce back. I mean, he's not 
he's not he's actually striking out less than he ever has before um and his expected batting average is a good 20 points higher than his his actual average it's not you know off the charts or anything like that but uh i still feel like he's in a great lineup he can mm-hmm. offer some steals and some power uh i think he's going to end up um bouncing back and having kind of a typical uh Gurriel type of a season which i feel like gets a little underappreciated to begin with so uh his his Average exit velocity is also the highest of his career right now. So um, I don't think there's much reason to panic with Gurriel. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to move him down when, with some of these other outfielders we're, we've talked about and, like, the guys getting called up, you know, just naturally putting – I'd probably put, like, Alec Thomas above him even, potentially. And, like, Harrison Bader's been playing well. There's a lot of young outfielders who are so, sort of in that same mold where I'm like, eh, I'd rather rather have him right now. And so I've been just kind of sliding Gurriel down as well. Yeah, I, but you know, uh, it's it's easy to fall for the the hot flavor of the week or <laughs> yep. whatever, you know. But I feel like Guriel's a pretty steady contributor, and just you know, given the state of baseball right now, like I said, just the guys that are in these these good offenses, and I know Toronto's actually been disappointing so far offensively, um, but like they're going to heat up. I mean, this is just way too loaded a lineup not to score a lot of runs, you know. So yep. I think once that happens, like he's going to be valuable if for no other reason that he's getting a lot of runs and RBIs. Yeah. Well, who else you got? That's it, man. I'm done. I'm ready to pack for the beach. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Hopefully we get beach weather. <laughs> I know. I know. It's been pretty pretty uh, crappy down here today. <laughs> like, just cold and a little rainy, but hoping all that that's blows been, up. That's been the last month, really. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm going south, so I'm convincing myself that by going from – Maryland to North Carolina, everything's going to change for me. Yeah, it'll be better. It'll be better. (laughs) But we will miss all of you uh, next week, uh, but we will be back uh, the week of the 23rd. I believe it's the week of the 23rd. That sounds uh, right. To pick right back up with our fantasy baseball content. Uh, In the meantime, please do go to rosrankings.com. You can see our rest of season top 450 up there. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.